You and that's the thing about the Enneagram that's so interesting is that the Enneagram shows you what's going on, but the problem is is that we don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know, like it's so hard for us to see ourselves objectively. So it's an interesting, I think it's an interesting no man's land to live in when you're trying to really figure out type because you need to have some sort of awareness of what's going on behind the curtain. But the whole point of the Enneagram is to give you more awareness of what's going on behind the curtain, you know. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Lisa. And this is There Are No Tangents. Feels like I seen this all in a dream. What's the purpose of a human being? Never mind me. I'm just lost in my thoughts. What's the topic? Ain't no topic. Keep it going, no, no, stop it. Don't get the picture, then we grab it. With no emotion, what's the line? Not on the surface beyond that Pull back the curtains, I'm on that Once we take it there, ain't no going back Don't be losing the topic, man We gotta stay on track, yeah You so crazy, yeah, I know it Tell me a story Like a poet, yeah, like a poet We getting lost in our thoughts Welcome to the show Emma and Lisa, they already on the road Are you ready? That's so exciting I, I, you know, actually, Emma Because you said you had to get typed by them to do Josh's thing, which I don't, I've never connected with Josh. So that's, but I was like, you know what, maybe I should just get typed anyways, like by them. I mean, I have a strong leaning, but I would be curious what they say with their expertise. Um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What's that? No, go ahead. You go ahead. I'm fascinated, but yeah, you go ahead. Well, I, how are you feeling? Um, just really curious. Like. I feel like I have to go back and learn a lot of new things, you know? So I'm not offended and I'm not like, oh my God, I can't believe they think I'm a six or whatever. And the one I, I mean, I was already comfortable with the one because I thought I had a one wing and that felt really, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, The six I'm surprised about though. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, so Oh my God. We have talked so much about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's not in the Facebook group that's Enneagrammer. So she just emailed her materials to them, but I'm in the group. So she was like, well, you know, put, put my stuff in the group and see what people think. And she was getting a lot of guesses for core six. And I was like, these people come on. Like, no, 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 I'm a six. She can't be a six, but oh my God. Um, what were some of those things I'm not in the group either so what were some of the things that you shared that people were responding to well um so her typing video I put that in there um oh wow yeah yeah. so yeah the one and that's what they do a lot of people will do that like when they actually submit their materials they put it into the Facebook group and they're like here's my official typing and then people take a stab at guessing um, wow. I didn't realize it was such a, a communal thing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have fun with playing and trying to guess. And then after what, two, three weeks after they've, you know, yeah. and then they'll like post the results there, but because she's not in the, the group, um, I just did that for, and also her collages. So you, she created yeah. what, like 10 collages or something like that, yeah. um, to get the instinctual stacking. Um, so I was like, yeah. This is perfect, right? Like this is. I was like, oh my gosh! And then we get to get on with Marika, another six. Yeah. 
And yeah, it looks like six. three sixes. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's just that's so fast. I mean, obviously, I know we you know we have a line to nine, and you know, obviously, it's not like a far out you know thing to be like, oh, I thought I was a nine, now I'm a six. But with that said, it kind of is drastically different too. So it so it's just that's an interesting. That's just it. I would be curious to check in with you. You know months down the road when you've sat with this and you've started to maybe observe things to see then what your, you know, thoughts, feelings are, what, what you've noticed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really like, I pulled up, um, I got David Gray's Trifix book, like, oh, a long time ago, a year, two years ago. I don't know. It was a really long time ago. So I just pulled that up a few minutes ago and I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, this might be, this might be right on. Oh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Did we'll you see. Were, the, were the instincts a surprise to you at all, or no? That that checked. No, out. we were pretty sure within yeah. that guide. Yeah, social that, self. We that we was were, definitely my guess for her. Like, yeah. Um, but also guessed to nine. So, <laughs> uh, well, we got that right. So, um, what is your guess for yourself, Marika? Six core, obviously. Well. Yeah, I mean, Emma and I were just in this class um, with Josh, um, and mm-hmm. I I feel like from doing that, I think I'm uh, six eight three. Okay. Okay. Six eight three. Okay. Okay. I thought I was like six nine three or six three nine. You know, I thought I was in that camp of Bermuda, but I I don't I don't think I resonate with nine in the body center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think. I think I might've got more confused of like that energetic line from six to nine. So I think that's where nine Mm -hmm. was coming up through with like, oh, I get that. I see that. I see those patterns. But when I, when we did this class and, you know, when I sit with it of how do I actually, you know, at least I know you weren't in that class, but like from the body center, a sense of like sensation and and my boundaries to the outside world of like, what's the difference between me and, and what is not me? Um, mm-hmm. there is a very hard, I have a very hard rejection type. Mm-hmm. Got it. I don't have an attachment since like merging one with and all just being, that is not my boundary. Um, and mm-hmm. that, so that was sort of a big, like light bulb. That's, that's awesome. I know you yeah. had mentioned that when we were messaging a little bit and then I don't know, should I like, maybe I should introduce, sorry, we came in like guns. Yeah, that's okay. I was going to say, like, we could do the intro and then just kind of get back into it. Yeah. Yeah. But I just want to like properly introduce our lovely guest. Um, So (laughs) welcome everybody. Uh, We're obviously in crazy spirits today, but it's pretty typical Mm -hmm. for us anyhow. um, But um, we are on today with uh, my friend, Marika Litz, uh, my new friend. And I was just going to say like, it's the funniest. Oh, it's just the funniest thing. Like, (laughs) So I don't know. I think this is interesting. I'm very like Lisa and I both are really big into like synchronicities and stuff. And so I'd come across Marika's page on Instagram, Enneagram point six. And I was like, oh, this is so funny. I love this content. And then occasionally, you know, Marika would pop on and like, um, do meditations, like short, brief meditations and things like that. And I just really liked them. And, um, there was one in particular, I thought was really, really funny because Marika was like, hang on, I'm going to just like take a sip of whiskey first, and then I'm going to do this meditation. And I was like, yes, I love this. (laughs) And then, um, 
you know, my friend Karen reached out to me and was like, Hey, uh, in like two days or whatever it was, it was like a quick turnaround. Can you do this podcast interview? And I'm like, uh, okay. And I had no idea who the other person was going to be on the panel. I don't know if they told you, I don't know. They did. They didn't tell me. So then when we pop on and I see Marika on the other side, I was like, yes, like, okay, cool. Now I get to be in the same space as Marika. And then we end up taking the class together with Josh and John for the center. So, um, yeah, have just, you know, we don't really know each other super well, but have just enjoyed getting to chat with Marika on Instagram and the time we've gotten to spend together doing our interview and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we're excited to have that Marika. A, that was such yeah. a good recap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Do you want to just share a little bit about you? Just some, you know, general basics of whatever you want to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was such a uh, perfect recap by Emma. That was pretty much my experience. Uh, um, I did not know that you were going to be on that podcast. So that was fun to see only just from interacting with you on Instagram. It was fun to then, see, you know, see your face. Mm -hmm. um, we got interviewed together. Um Yes, yeah, so a little bit about me. I'm uh, from Indianapolis. I moved to New York City when I was 18 for college and haven't left. Um, so uh, I'm reaching my halfway point between 18 years in Indianapolis, 18 years in New York City. Um, nice. uh, yeah, I'm trans. I identify as non-binary. Um, I use they and them pronouns and figured out I was figured out gender stuff when I was like, I didn't know. And I figured that out in my twenties. Um, I was, yeah, I had a, I had a pretty like basic Midwest life, uh, you know, um, nothing that stood out growing up, but then figured out a lot of sexuality, gender stuff when I moved to New York city. And, um, uh, I work in film and television. I'm a colorist. Mm. So I make, I make things look pretty digitally um <laughs> I love that <laughs> I was gonna say I, I Lisa, thought, yeah it's gonna be up oh really oh okay are you in film no 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 no. I just oh. like to try to make things look pretty in any oh, way I pretty hard. Hard. pretty hard. Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah I always tell people like that don't know what I do that it's like the I maybe this is getting outdated or, or people get it at this point but for, I've been saying this for a long time I've been doing this for like over 10 years and so I, you know, Instagram started whenever it did, but I used to be like, you know, those filters and the things you can do on Instagram, like I do that for commercials and films and music videos. And um, I think maybe at this point, because it's, you know, <laughs> people I think have been playing around with that for a long time. So maybe, maybe people get it at this point when I, when I say colorist, I don't know, but. Um, yeah, I didn't really but, know uh, what it was and no. I mentioned it on our interview and I was like, oh, that's really cool. I mean, okay. it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense that that would be a thing. I just, Yeah. Okay, well, that's good feedback. So it's still not like, it's not really well known that that's like a thing that is. Yeah. No, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I do. And I'm mm -hmm. partnered with a, a wonderful person in the other room right now. Um, <laughs> so yeah. you're whispering, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Oh, and oh, well, yeah. The lead with lead with six and Enneagram is a big part of my, I guess I could just add it that I, um, I, I work in film. I went to school to be in film and that's like my day job, you know, but, um, I really do. I'm, I'm in a course, um, Emma and I just did this kind of very fast 
four week um, course, which is being extended two more weeks because there was so much material. Yes. Um, yeah. See, see you there. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, but I'm also, I was in, um, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the other podcast or not, MO, um, is that I did a year long, um, it was called a depth certification course. Um, the name I thought was a little like weird, but but it was basically a year long, like inner work course. It was like year long self-therapy basically, but with Russ Hudson and Jessica Dibb through the shift network. And it was a year long. It truly felt like I was in grad school. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was two to three times a week, two to three hours each setting. There was re- there wow. was a massive reading a, a book list for the year. There was reflections and homeworks and weekend time. I mean, it was, I felt like I was in grad school. Um, wow. So that I, I did that program with Russ and Jessica. Um, and then, then there was a whole capstone project. Like you had to do a, a huge project at the end and submit that. And so anyways, if you finish that, they took six months off. And then what just started now in um, January of this year is an eight month Enneagram teaching certification for anyone that finished that initial year long program. So, that so is it went weird. from, yeah, it was about like 300 people that were in that program, like all around the world. And then now the teaching certification program um, has about, I think like a hundred or something. Um, wow. So, so that's that just started. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's why you were kind of like iffy on doing the pod for the other class or whatever. I didn't end up doing that either, but, um, yeah. Cause you said you were already in kind of like a, yeah, that, and there were small groups for the Josh and I was like, you know, I'm in, I can't do another small group and yeah, I'm just, I'm immersed in this material so much, like, yeah, yeah, too much. So I, I, right. I never ended up like meeting with people outside of, yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds really intense. I knew you had mentioned you did a year-long program, but I didn't realize just how intense it was and um, all that. And I didn't realize how extensive the one that you're currently in was either. So that's amazing. Um, And sounds really, really fun because my favorite thing to do is learn. So (laughs) Um, I'm just like, that sounds like fun. Um, Yeah, I love it. It, I feel like, I, I mean, and this is one of those things with the Enneagram, like I've always felt like, when I have put myself, like I, I did before COVID, I, I had done a few like Enneagram Institute weekend workshops. I don't know if y'all have ever done something like that with the teachers. Like, different No, teachers. but um, they sound really, did you do them in person or on Zoom? Yeah, that was all before COVID. Um, well, I went to, I went to one in Portland, Maine, and then we went to one, I did, I did two, and then I went to one in San Francisco. Um, and then, and then we actually were going to do our third, I think they offer four you know, they divide, it's like levels of development. You might do one or like one is, you know, like the type, learn about the types. And I think one might be just on instinct. So they, you know, they have like a broad topic and then you talk about that for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were set up to do a third one in North Carolina. It happened to be where it was. Um, and then it got canceled because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But what I was just going to say was that was sort of my first, those are my first moments of really putting in like actual time and aside from just my own reading about the Enneagram I was actually like doing a class or going to something or interacting with that with it beyond just my brain and a book kind of thing um and I felt like when I went to those like when I was sitting in those rooms I was like there is nowhere else I should be right now like I felt it's very rare that I feel like this is exactly 
what I want to be doing, where I need to be. And it feels, everything feels so right. And so anyways, that's that feeling. I just feel like comes up, whether it's Josh's class, whether it's this year long program I did, like when I work with this material, that's, I always get that hit. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Um, and I relate for sure. Um, I, you know, we had to offer some feedback for the class that you and I just took together. And that was one of my comments essentially was like, I've literally been journaling and talking to people in my life about wanting this exact type of thing and like not knowing where to find it or how to access it. This is exactly the type of thing I was looking for. So I'm just, I'm just, yes, thrilled that they're doing it. And I totally agree with you. I'm like, this is this is amazing. Um, and so, and you were always so brave, like speaking up, like in the classes, because I would be in our small little breakout groups, I'd be like, blah, 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 and like sharing and yeah. And whatever crying. And then we'd get in the big group and I was like, okay, I like, can't say what I want to say. And the last class, like I really had something I wanted to say, but I thought, well, I'll wait just a second. And then by the time I waited, there were like all these people who had raised their hands and I was like, and I knew I had to log off. So I was like, oh, gosh, I missed my chance. I hate when I do that. Um, yeah. What, what are you afraid of? What's, what's come, what comes up? <laughs> Lisa's like, <laughs> good question. <laughs> um, I think well, you would get that because you were talking a little bit, actually giving your perspective of being self-pressed dominant, right. And kind of how you're like, I'm in my head. So I don't really like look out, whatever. And as a social dominant, um, I, and social six specifically, you know, just the fear of like judgment or what if I kind of don't say the right thing, or if I catch, you know, if I catch a glance, like for somebody that would like kind of act like they were disinterested or kind of like, you know, I just, I'm like, don't want to, it, it feels really, really, um, vulnerable. So I just get kind of anxious about it, but I will eventually speak up one. If I have something that I feel like is very burning and I feel very certain about it, quote unquote, um, or like as a little more time goes on, I tend to feel like I can kind of open myself up a little bit more and, and share in that way. And sometimes with people like in this setting, I'm like, I feel like I could share anything, you know, it's like smaller. I trust y'all like, you know, um, but the bigger group, it's like where I totally, I don't know a lot of people and I'm kind of just like, so it's a little bit of that, but yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, I have to do a little pet talk every single time I, I, I speak yeah. up to, I mean, I have a different thing. I'm not, mine isn't like, I don't have like a fear of like what other people might think I think I just am like I just my I am so anxious of just like talking I guess or just like being right I, you know what it is it's like I don't want to take up someone's time I, I have this like mono thing going where I'm like I don't want to like it might take me a while to say what I want to say or it might not be clear and I don't want to be taking up other people's time taking up space is like a very hard thing for me I yes yeah. I totally agree with that, which is why I thought I had a nine fix, mm -hmm. like that concept of, I don't want to be a bird. Too. Wait, me too. This is, that's why, yeah. that, too, yes. Yes. Yeah. That is how I said, I, I feel like there are things about the nine that I really, and I feel like that's a good example, but I don't know that that's necessarily right. That nine fix for me. I, you know, I don't think yeah. that's, I think it's mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. And it, in my yeah. case, it definitely wasn't. Um, 
you know, obviously. So yeah, I don't know. I guess there is something else. Like, I guess that would need to be nuanced a little. And I'm sure that's also an aspect of sixes. And I know nines and sixes could kind of share that. Like, I don't really want to be, you know, we've talked about that even on our interview, like kind of being the the tallest blade of gla- uh, grass that gets chopped down and, um, you know, being, um, right. Totally. Prefer- what do we say? What did you call the, we want to be the point guard or what? Um, oh, well, because we talked about, um, we're like more comfortable in the assist role. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like, not be the leading scorer, but like we're, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's all fascinating, but it's interesting, um, to hear that you say that you kind of feel that way too. And I guess Lisa, you would agree with that, but you were probably yeah. doing that through the nine lens. Well, yeah, I was going to say for me, it feels like, um, all the eyes, when there are a lot of eyes on me, I get really discombobulated that awareness of attention. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was, you know, looking at that through the nine lens, but now I have another way to look at it or another way to try to explore it. Right. So that's why I was, I was interested to hear you both talk about that experience for yourselves. Um, cause I have a lot to learn. So anyway, <laughs> See, now I want to apologize for speaking up, right. You know, yeah, just now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love, I love your contribution to the group. <laughs> Thank you. Me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lisa always has stuff of value to add. Um, and well, you're a very good listener, which you repeated many times on your typing video. I did. Um, <laughs> I, did. So, I did say that a lot. You did. That was the one. It's like, what is your best and worst quality? And she had, she just kept saying, I mean, I'm a good listener. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm a good listener. I'm a good listener. And then on the worst, it was like, bloop, 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 bloop. and I was like, okay, that's enough. I'm going to cut you <laughs> off on the worst qualities. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Wait, did they tell, did you say, did they give you a wing? Yeah. So seven wing. Six wing seven. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven you, you're five wing, Mar- Marika. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Five. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So what did I said, so my overlay was two, four, seven. So mm-hmm. I have a, yeah, two wing on my one and a four wing on my three. Yeah. I'm not quite, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, fascinating. It's a little, it, I'm not quite there with the overlays yet. It's mm-hmm. just too much for my brain to actually do anything with that information it's I like short circuit I just like a blah (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. a lot it's a lot um it's just been interesting to kind of um I don't often look at it separately I kind of think about like oh okay well if I have a two-wing three-fix right how's that different than a two-wing one-fix or whatever the case may be but somebody had asked in the Facebook group just recently and they were like how do you, do you feel like your trifix like contradicts your overlay in any way? And like looking at them kind of side by side almost. And I was like, I looked at it, but it's interesting because in my trifix, I'm heart last, but in my overlay two, three, seven, I'm two heart types right at the front. Right. Um, Mm. and so I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So anyway, I don't know what to do with that, but it was cool to kind of yeah. 
Well, now that you say that, I'm like, so I have two, three, and four. If we put the overlay with the. You have all of the heart types represented in your structure. Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. is, yeah, I don't know what to, I don't know what that means, but that's interesting. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Dead in the heart. In the what? What'd you say? Dead in the heart that I'm just kidding. (laughs) The heart was. So what, what were some of your like big takeaways, Marika, from the class? We were, I've just been curious to like, I know we've like chatted a little bit on Insta about the class, but I mean, besides, obviously yeah. you were talking about, I don't know if you want to speak more to like how you distinguished between like, you thought you had a nine fix, not even eight fix, or if you want to talk anything, anything about the material or whatever your experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know how, what the conversations you've had police are about it but just for sharing for you know open um, I've shared with her quite a bit I'm yeah Yeah. quite a bit about it well I guess I could just do a quick thing for any listeners that I was totally but but yes but um I also there's part of me because it's like still new this material this like theory that Josh is sharing I I felt like I definitely want to give him credit and like it's uh, it's a work in progress theory and it's it's like I don't want to be you know it's so amazing that when I talk about it I just am like I did not come up with this. I, this is so <laughs> that's good, such a six thing I, too, right? It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, see, yeah. I just feel, like, yeah. I'm gonna cite my sources, you know. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I mean that you, you know you could we could we could spend multiple podcasts on it, but the kind of short ver- version of it all is just that um, Josh Levine has done has has studied and kind of reworked the object relations theory with the Enneagram, which I, what I love is that it also is, it's building on what already exists. He's not like, it's, he's not, it's not like a radical different theory, right? You know, it's, it's, it's just more, I think it's more practical. It's more specific. And I think it's more like what makes sense for maybe if we're not academics or psychologists or psychiatrists, like it actually is like applicable language and applicable human behavioral things on this model that already exists. Yeah, totally. um, So, so anyways, with the the objects, the natural, the original object relations that were taught around the Enneagram um, had to do with these, this protecting, nurturing, and I forget what they used to call the other one, but I like the symbolic function. Um, Yeah. They called that third one. It was guiding. Like, was it the guiding function? Guiding function. Yeah, yeah. Guiding or yeah, yeah. There's kind of some different terms, but anyways. So basically, Josh presented a whole model that was um, that was broken up by the centers of intelligence, the the body, the heart, and the head, and talking about a, a certain like field of focus that each of those are. Mm-hmm. are interacting with and it, he discusses it as a developmental model of like when we're born and how we evolve as a, as a human in our personality so it's like all it's starting with the body center and he calls it like um the sensory field so it's the object relation affects of rejection frustration and attachment and it's how do we interact with the sensory field, our senses, our relationship to sensation, mm-hmm. our physical comforts, our, you know, it's that, in the, in the, in the developmental model from a baby, like, that's the first thing that he, he talks about a wash of sensation, like, when you're born, yeah, you know, you don't have really much control, you're just, like, a wash of sensory things, okay. um, 
And then as it evolves, like then he was adding some time frame to this, you know, at four months. But I think he was just trying to, he obviously doesn't know the exact time of when a baby right. is reaching its next stage. But um sure. yeah. So, you know, in, in a little more development than like the heart, what the heart center would be coming online in the way that would be the the field of gaze, which mm-hmm. this is what I'm saying. This is what's different is this, the field of blank is what they were putting in like the nurturing function or the protective function. Um, and that's what Josh is kind of like changing a little bit or adding to rather. Um, and so the heart center would be like the field of gaze. How do we, how am I seeing other people, other things? How am I being seen? How are other people seeing? It's just like seeing each other or seeing things. Yeah. And that, um, and again, you put the field of gaze with a rejection, frustration, or attachment. How do you, um, and that would be the heart center um, coming online. And then the head center would be the field of orientation. How do I find guidance mm-hmm. in the world? Uh, how do I know what is true? What do I trust? Mm-hmm. How do I figure out how to do? And what else is there to figure out, you know? Um, and so that would be the mental, the mental center coming on. And so, yeah, um, that's, that's his, yeah, his theory in short, <laughs> a rough, rough sketch yeah. of it, I guess. That was amazing. Um, no, that was really clear. Um, that was a great job of summarizing, um, the theory. Uh, yeah, it, I agree. It's been, um, yeah, it feels really intuitive. Like it just makes sense. Like to kind of say like, okay, well, fours are frustrated in the heart center. Like that's what it means to be frustrated in the heart center is to like be a core four, whatever, or, um, you know, six is attachment in the head center. Like it just, yeah. Um, I really like that. Being, oh, go ahead. No, I was just say I like viewing it through um, that lens. So. Right. Cause I think it gives it more, I'm, my partner is a core four. Um, and, um, I, that is just so, you know, frustrated in the heart center. Got it. Okay. That feels a little vague, but then it's like frustrated with gaze. It becomes like so much more specific, frustrated with how I'm being seen, how, you know, whatever, how I'm looking out, seeing other people, the way other people are viewing things like, mm-hmm. yeah, it just, and even the six, you go to the six. I mean, it's just like, it's like attachment to, to orientation, like attaching to where we can find guidance, where we can find security, attaching to anything that brings us mm-hmm. orientation in the world or better understanding of how to do since doing is so hard, <laughs> you know, oh, it, it, fe- it feels so hard. It feels so hard on our own. Um, so yeah, I just love that. I do too. And then that's what revealed, you know, thinking about more of that sensory wash, the sensory feel. How do I relate to right. my own body and physical nearness mm-hmm. and what is me and what are other people and where does that where, you know, how do I feel about that line that exists there or is there a line? Maybe there's, you know, like that whole thing, thinking about the body center really related to mm-hmm. you know in terms of Enneagram language, it would be like ego boundaries or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It was just like, it just like totally clicked. I was like, eight. I, like, I'm just full on yeah. projection mode. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
so that's really what it was for you. Like the, was it, how do I want to ask this question? Um, did that come to you as he was kind of clarifying the different body fixes through this lens and this concept and this new theory, or was it kind of a combination of understanding the different like body types through this lens coupled with like maybe even your experience in the practices or something like that? Like, um, does that make sense? Like, were you able to kind of feel it in a sense, like as we're like, say doing the sensation, um, practice or whatever, like, I don't know, how did that like come to you? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it was that like embodied or like, I don't know if I was sensing it really like, yeah. From a sensation standpoint so much. I think I just really, yeah. Learning about each of the body fixes Mm -hmm. and how they, um, I forget now what the like, it was something like, um, there was, a, I mean, remembering the one, uh, a, a purifying, but no, it was, um, what do they call the, um, the irritants? Yeah. Like each one, there's like an irritant in the field of, that's what, that's what it is. It's like coming to me in real time here, like an irritant in the field of sensation yes. and totally. the way we like, the way we like deal with that. Um, yes. and so yes. like, uh, you know, a, a rejection, rejecting of, of, of that. Is there a frustration of like, I, this needs to change. Like there is an irritant here and I'm fixing it. You know, like, you know, that would be like a one fix. Mm-hmm. Um, or like the nine, it's like more of a, it's more of this like fluid merging of like, oh, there's, there's an irritant and we'll, I will just like balance that out with my, yeah, you know, yeah. Harmony. Like harmony will dissolve that. Yes, exactly. Of, you know. Or I'll just kind of numb myself or, or whatever yeah. to this or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah. And, that, yeah. So when he, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. That clarification is what is what felt pretty profound for me and what felt clear. Yeah, definitely. Like the idea that it really, (laughs) it really sunk in for me. Like I was starting to see, you know, since I'd gotten my typing back and I'd really been sitting and living with this one fix more and more, I've seen it more and more and more and more, but there was something that like really like gripped on when it was like ones can't numb themselves and I'm like yes yes mm. like mm-hmm. that's it oh, right I just there. got chills when you said that like just yeah. I got chills thinking I, my mom's a one and I that's probably like one of the hardest relationships I had in my life and oh. um yeah, yeah. I, I mean just be, that it's just the one structure is just feels so different for me and and it feels very hard to Mm-hmm. interact with for me um but so but hearing you just say that of like ones can't numb themselves mm-hmm. to an irritant mm-hmm. I just felt like so much compassion you know it's like oh oh that's yeah. awesome yeah that's that's yeah. beautiful um and thanks for sharing that too and being vulnerable to share that um about that relationship it's yeah it's um that's one of the best gifts of the Enneagram right like the fact that right. it can kind of help us get, become a wash <laughs> to use that word again in compassion for other people and for ourselves. And so that's, that's beautiful. Um, I love that. Um, yeah, I've got to go back. So I, I, I wasn't in the class, but I did listen to Josh's interviews talking about his developmental model and like that I'm remembering oh. 
what he was saying about the irritants. And I'm like, I have to go back and listen to that now because again, I was listening for different information, right? You know? Yeah. And so now I go back and how did it hit you when you were because you're talking about his the interview on Big Hormone, right? That he did. Yeah, that was really good too. And that that was like kind of a bite-sized glimpse of the class. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you were listening to that through the lens of the nine, were you like, oh yeah? Or were you kind of like, oh. I, I mean, it wasn't like, oh my God, somebody just like, really, this is like, yes, but it did feel like, yeah, uh-huh. you know, right. But what you just said about the one as well, like, I really feel that mm-hmm. very too. Um, so yeah, I'm just like processing so much and taking in what you two are saying. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just have to yeah. relax everything. I know. I know. And I'm like, Oh, wow. I, how stupid do I feel? Cause I'm like, um, this is like my best friend and I pretty sure I know her type. Thank you very much. Like, you know, um, but, um, at it all. No. Oh my God. It's, okay. it's, I, I have to interject with a question. Yeah. I'm really dying to hear the answer to Marika. Do you remember your first impression of Emma, either through your impressions on Instagram, or maybe it was on the podcast that you, uh, you know, were on together. Do you remember? That's a probing question. You don't have to answer this, Marika. Yeah, you don't answer. answer. I mean, Actually, I don't know that I have a juicy answer, but I'll but I'll answer. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean my first, I because I, I, like you see. Enneagram handles, you know, so I just kept seeing that name, you know, so I mean, I, I didn't have a, I liked that you would like engage with me because I have this Enneagram point six account. Yeah. And so it's like, you, you know, you would like be engaging. And so that was like fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just kept seeing that name. I, th- so that was th- my first impression of, mm-hmm. of you uh, through that. Um Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I liked, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I love, you know, I, I, I'm i like a queer and very, like I live in New York City and, you know, I, I probably have like di- a different life than than what each of you have. Um, we just live in different worlds. So I think I really loved, I guess, when we like, when I saw your face on there and like for Karen's podcast mm-hmm. um, and Lee, Karen and Lee's podcast, um, that I was like, oh, this is great. Like we probably are coming from very different worlds, but we obviously can connect on like this six point. Yeah. And it, I'm excited to just be here in mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. you were like bubbly and, you know, excited and whatever. So I don't know. I was just that, I'm not, yeah. I don't know if that's really my first impression, but I, those were like some thoughts I was having of, yeah. I'm like, here's this video and Emma and here we go. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. Engaging is a really good adjective that I well, haven't come up with. Engaging. Hmm. Engaging. As a general vibe for you, Emma. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sweet. I'm glad you came to that. Um <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a good Yeah, yeah. That's so funny, Lisa. Um, yeah, and yeah, to your point, definitely different lives, but yeah, it is so cool. Like the Enneagram, it can, it just, it does, it brings you together. Like 
And it is kind of, I mean, it is the language that it can help provide that, but it's kind of beyond that too. Like, I don't know. Um, I don't know how to really articulate that and what that is specifically um, that can help people from like totally different, like backgrounds or whatever kind of, you know, lifestyle, whatever come together. So like, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. We, my sister-in-law is um, a six wing seven, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I actually sent her your, your interview with Josh um, just, oh. just as some context. Um, um, but we had, when I, I was just home for something, I was just home um, in Indiana and we were all there and we got in this like really deep discussion with our family. And, you know, my sister-in-law is straight and uh, again, lives a very different life and lives in Ohio. It's just a, um, and in corporate world of things. And um, we ended up getting this like really deep family conversation where we were trying to, we were the two sixes in the room and we were, my, my dad's an eight, my mom's a one. I have my twin brother, her husband is an eight. Um, and so, you know, we're in a room with eights and ones and there's these two sixes trying to explain what anxiety is or how that man, what that, how that feels or what that's like. And she's like, she's like a powerhouse in the corporate world. So like to try and explain to other people this sort of innate sense of ungroundedness, mm-hmm. what some people might call anxiety or angst or something. It's like, it is hard to kind of, I feel like get it that through to certain people that don't come from that place. And also who then see our outside lives and are like, you don't seem anxious. Like, what are you talking about? You're like killing it, you know, or whatever. Totally. Um, and it was, it was a really like beautiful conversation where because of my training and, and insight, I was able to like share a little bit and I could tell stuff was really landing for her. And I felt like she felt seen and held again. You know, I, I felt like we were a little bit up against the giants of, you know, two eights and a, and a one. um in a room and it was just a beautiful conversation where people had the time to listen and hear and that's awesome I love that y'all did that like I'm I'm sitting here going like okay that's never gonna happen shouldn't say never never say never but like I can't envision that happening in my family like so that's like amazing that you got that experience but it I totally agree with you that it's very hard to put language to the feeling of anxiety because again, and I I even said this in that interview, I mean, it was very hard. And he's like, what's your experience of anxiety? And I'm going, "Ah." I mean, how do you explain something that like, that was literally one of the reasons I did not think I was a six in the beginning, because I didn't, I thought that was how everybody felt, right? Like this is a normal person. How would you if you had to put language to anxiety for yourself, how would you describe it? Yeah, I agree with Emma. It feels very hard to pin down uh, because it's it's definitely doesn't feel like something I really identify with. But now I do. Now I have a lot of compassion and I'm like, oh, there's, you know, my buddy that never leaves me. <laughs> um, but I had zero understanding or, you know, awareness of that for most of my life. Um so yeah, I like the word in angst. That's the word I use, like related to the the passion for six of of angst. Um, I think it feels more specific to me than just like general anxiety. Um, and I said this with in the other podcast that yeah, I feel like I wake up in the morning and it's like I already feel behind, or I wake up and it's like 
things are like, there's like a buzzing or I need to get going. And it's like that feeling of, I need to get going is angst. Mm -hmm. Um, not everyone wakes up being like, I need to, I need to go or like already like doing the list in their head of, I need to do this and this, and then I get out the door here and then I'll, you know, Mm -hmm. it's so for me, I think that's, yeah. I mean, the more I have brought awareness to it, I, I just see it all the time, whether, you know, even trying to speak up on a zoom call, like I, I get so nervous, so nervous, like for no reason. Um, I loved, you know what? I had a six in my class who spoke up in the big class that I was in Mm -hmm. certification. And I, she is someone, I love it because of that class, you know, it's a little, it's kind of more advanced. It's a lot of like, uh, like psychotherapists or like, it's a lot, the age range is hilarious because everyone's like mostly retired. Um, or like, I'm like the very young class, but, but anyway, so this like very wise, you know, six spoke up and she was like, she might've been a therapist or something, but she was like, I, I just don't know how to ever like kick that, that thing, like that anxiety. Like I, I know I'm, I'm now, I'm aware that it's happening. I can see that it's happening you know, I can, I can try and tell myself like, yeah, I can try and bring awareness to it, but it's like my, I am still, I still feel this thing in my chest or in my gut of, you know, this, this pain or this, this anxiety, like I can, I still have it. And I don't even know mm-hmm. why, like, there's nothing mm-hmm. on the surface to speak to why or like why this should be here everything is fine I'm well versed on this topic or you know I'm prepared and yet I have this like dread that that deep inside that still feels so hard to kick Mm -hmm. and I was like it felt so validating Mm because that is how I feel of like I will be just be so prepared and there is like literally nothing else I can do and and my and everything's okay. You know, the house is not burning and everything is fine. And yet I am yeah. very, still feel pretty unsettled at times inside, or like, I'm just busy and I can't, I can't just relax. Yes. Um, yeah. That, un, yeah, I love that word. Um, that's how I feel as well. Like that unsettled feeling. And it is frustrating because as sixes, right. As head types, and if we like bring in some of the language from the class, right. The, um, trying to, when they said, let me just back up for a second. When I think I got maybe been John, I can't remember. I'm not going to get this exact phrasing, right? Like head types think that the map is reality and it's not reality. And I'm like, I like kind of knew that, but whenever they said that I was like, oh my God, that's the problem, right? Like, because we're trying to get all of the things to fit together to help with the cognitive dissonance or whatever. Like, if I can make this make sense, if I can orient myself rightly, whatever. Like, I honestly think that I'm thinking like, the hope is like, then maybe I won't have to feel this anymore or something like that. Like, if I can just get it all right and get it all situated and Um, yeah, it, it, that, yes, that, like, I just can't kick this. And so understanding that this is just kind of a part of me because for so long, I'm like, it's just a constant. And that's where that super ego comes in, right? Like what's wrong with me? 
what is wrong with me? Like, and it's like, there's nothing wrong with you. And also this is beautiful and you can actually use this and work with it. And like, you can all of these different things. Right. And that has been a huge, like learning for me that I'm constantly like, I still fail like every day at this, but like, um, overcoming that idea of like, what is wrong with me? Especially when like, to your point about what that lady was saying, like not, not being able to identify a particular cause. It just, just feels like free floating. And it's kind of like, and then I'm going through the Rolodex of, okay, could it be this? And could it be that, you know? Um, and yeah, it's, it's really tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, that, that, that idea, I also had a big, like aha moment about the map and yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. That was, that was a pretty big realization. Yeah. That like we sixes tend to think that something already exists and we just need to figure it out. Like there's already, there's already something out there and we just need to figure it out to like make everything go smoothly for ourselves and, and, others or whatever and I think the idea that like no nothing exists already like we don't need nothing, there's nothing already here like we are a part of the creating and we are an intrinsic part of this whole thing yeah. and I think that that is like our a, a big you know way that we don't serve ourselves is we never consider that we're actually part of the thing yeah oh my gosh I like feel so emotional hearing you say that like yes and like something else. Like I was just thinking or came to me when you were saying that. Um, and it goes along with that idea of that's not what's real is. I don't know if it's because I'm heart last or because I'm a head type. I don't know why, but I have always felt like, and maybe it's also like my upbringing, right? Like growing up in like a Christian home and all that stuff. And, um, that idea of, the heart is deceitful above all things. Mm -hmm. And so I've always felt like the heart is untrustworthy. And so to the heart center was definitely the hardest class for me, but also the most impactful class. And then when they brought in that idea of transcend and include, like you have to have the body first, then the heart, then the head it was like, oh my gosh, like I got slapped with another realization of like, and this is kind of what I was going to maybe speak up and say, but I was like, oh my God, this isn't going to make sense. And I'm going to like fumble over my words and whatever. But essentially like, it makes so much sense that as a six, when my heart is really touched and really impacted and really affected and my identity has to shift, but then my head's like, but wait, this is the map. Like, but you know how they said you, like when you feel that change in your identity shifts, then your external world then needs to kind of corroborate with that. And it also must shift. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I had this all together. I don't want this to shift or what am I supposed to do? Or how do I shift it? Or what do I do now? And I do think it's like when my heart's impacted, that's why I think I avoid the heart so much. I'm like if my heart gets impacted, then I'm going to have to like freaking figure everything out again. And it's mm. disorienting, you know? So, so anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a big, that's a big realization. 